0: welcome to the media Out podcast
1: let's be great let's be great
0: you're home for the sports content you want with the authenticity you need Just have some fun out here you know and enjoy the journey of all this i trying to get 16 wins and going after a gold trophy where nothing is out of bounds now welcome your host jamal tanner hey, jamal. to the 49th edition of the mto podcast here up in the 49th state it's me your boy nick again uh we got a lot of things to talk about some uh crazy stuff in the nfl and then uh the college football playoffs is going as expected in fact let's go ahead and start there nick uh do you, what i learned or i guess again i keep cheating with this uh segment i keep saying what i learned but i already knew it uh We need to find a way to expand the playoffs, and I think we need to find a way to expand expand the playoffs specifically so that Bama can get a bye, because every time they play in the semifinal or the opening round of the playoffs, they pretty much blow out whoever they play against. So to avoid that, I think we need to go ahead and give them a bye. So what ideas do you think you have as far as what the expansion should look like um, for the college football playoffs?
1: Uh, But mediocre play Alabama as the start. Like, (laughs) Alabama, don't even waste my time no more with these teams like Alabama. I don't want to see Alabama play nobody out of no Atlantic 10, no Sunbelt, no whatever conference they be coming out of (laughs) to the playoffs. No more. They only get to see SEC teams like Ohio State, (laughs) a good Pac-12. Like, that's the only teams I want to see Alabama play in the playoffs because when they play any of these teams that are even half of you know not basically not sec they just crush them and even when they play sec teams they pretty much crush these guys because they see them so much and nick saban just knows the conference and knows these guys so well and just has the talent you know is always going to be at least on a level playing field if not having the better talent against the team that they're going to play so alabama's just seems like they always come into this not playing fair and even the, and they honestly Cincinnati really didn't play that bad, I guess you could say, because they do have really good corners, so they were able to pretty much keep Alabama from running wild and kind of throwing it all over the place, which they could do. But Alabama did run, I think, for like 200-plus. I'm pretty sure Robinson Jr. himself had like 200, so there was that. But I don't know, man. You got to start giving Alabama buys (laughs) because I feel like they've earned it over – this, like, run of Nick Saban that he started, I think, back in, I want to say, 05, 06, when Alabama played Texas. And ever since then, they've pretty much been in, you know, national championship games, seems like, every other year, or every year. So, I mean, expanded, but even expanding it doesn't seem like that fixes much of the problem. You, you still have an Alabama SEC problem on your hands, but I guess you could fix that by saying, if you do expand it, then start making the SEC teams play each other off a rip. So at least you get rid of them and you're not having a SEC championship rematch for the national championship rematch. Now, to be fair, these are probably two, the the two best teams in college football. So let's not take away that, you know, Georgia or Alabama don't deserve to be here just because they're both from the same conference. I don't want to take that away, but I would like to see some other conferences rise up, some other teams rise up. So... You know, we'll see, but expansion will not fix everything.
0: Yeah, expansion is definitely not going to fix everything, but I do think it's necessary. Um, I think getting more teams in there would be a beneficial thing for, obviously, viewers. Um, But also, you know, we'll talk about this a little later, but people are worried about opt-outs. The more teams that are actually in the playoff with a chance to win the national championship, the less opt-outs you're going to get. So, um, like I said, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Uh, But personally... I always said eight. I think eight is kind of the sweet spot, but with eight, there's not a buy. Um, You just have one play eight. But like, do we really want to see Bama play against an eight seed? Like, I don't think that's going to be what we want to see. Like, they just smacked up Cincinnati, who's been, well, I mean, like, perfect all year. What would they do to Ole Miss? Well, I mean, actually, we've seen what they did to Ole Miss. So, I mean, I, I believe that's who number eight was, was, Ole Miss. So, we've already seen that story before. They smacked them up. So, do I really want to see that in the playoffs? Maybe not. So the number that I was thinking of, and I was kind of thinking of it because of the fact that the NFL has kind of gone to this model is seven, which is a weird number, but basically the one seed would get a buy, which would make getting that one seed very important. Cause right now it doesn't really matter. As long as you're in the playoffs, it's only four teams. You got to play somebody anyway. It's not that big of a deal, but if you had seven in the, in the first seed got a buy, then that would make being number one matter um so i think that would be a, a, a cool incentive there and then you just have two play seven uh three play six and four play five and then you just let number one play i guess the the lowest seed of the winners and then go from there um i think that would be an interesting way to do it um, just something that gets more involvement more fan bases engaged in the playoffs and then also gives Bama a buy so we don't have to see that shellacking in the first round because I feel like we've seen that pretty much year in, year out. Um, also, I think another underrated thing about that, if you expand the playoffs, um, specifically with giving them 1C to buy, is you have to A, start earlier, and then B, the 1C wouldn't know who they're playing because I think one of the one unfair advantages, not unfair advantages, but one of the advantages that... Bama has is that if you give Saban a month to prepare like he's going to dominate you that's just what's going to happen if you you see it in week one anytime whoever decides to play them week one they always get smacked because Saban had all summer to game plan to figure out what they're going to do and you see it anytime in the playoffs if he has a month to prepare against you he's going to figure you out and he's going to exploit that so you know if see if it's only two weeks after the season then you don't get as much time to prepare and if he doesn't know who he's going to play he's not able to kind of install the things he would install so i think that brings that a little bit to the table i still think he'll smack somebody because that's just what they do but i think it makes it a little bit harder for him to just kind of sit down look at tape for a whole month and devise a scheme um I feel like we're kind of Tiger-proof in the playoffs. You know how in, in golf they made courses so that Tiger didn't dominate. That's kind of what we're doing right now to this college football playoff. Um, but either way, I think it's good for all parties involved. Um, if we expand it, what that model looks like, it's kind of TBD. But some way, somehow, I think we got to get more universities in this playoff.
1: I think if I was a small school having to play – like or not a small school, but a smaller school like Cincinnati – uh having to play alabama in the playoff i think i would just have a whole new playbook like i'm not running any play that i've ran through the season against alabama i'm like nope we're running all new plays we ain't running nothing they've seen on film like everything's gonna be fresh because like you said you give him a month like he's damn near unbeatable so what's the point of even running these plays you might as well run all new plays you might as well run up a whole bunch of like or keep like uh, like if you feel like halfway through the season you're getting better and you might end up in the playoff Just keep some plays. Don't even run those plays. Like just keep them plays for a rainy day. So you got to see Alabama, and you got them plays ready to go.
0: So you gonna come out in the wing tee, huh? Like you'll come out (laughs) doing some some Georgia Tech stuff from back in the Paul Johnson days, huh? I mean, that's your best bet is doing something different because if you do what he's seen on tape, then it ain't gonna work out for you. Because I mean, Desmond Ritter to me is an NFL quarterback and. He looked real average against Bama, and that's because I mean, like I said, you give Nick Saban that amount of time, then that's what's gonna happen. So, another thing, like I said, we'll just hit hit on it now. Um, that's the only way to kind of help with opt outs. It's not gonna stop it because the next thing that I said I learned is that opt outs are gonna get worse. They're not gonna get better. So all you all the Kirk Herbstreits in the world that get so upset and get so mad at that, you about to get madder because it just doesn't make much sense for these players to play in these games when they've already built their resume to such to where they're gonna make a lot of money. And the only way they can jeopardize that is by an injury or something that isn't talked about as much, a bad performance, you know? Like we sat here last year and talked about Sean Wade and we talked about what that did to his draft stock and, I mean, that's a real-life thing. He he went to the playoffs. Obviously, you're not going to opt out if you go to the playoffs, but he got worked against – who did they play first? Clemson? Yeah, he got worked against Cornell Powell against Clemson, which, mind you, like, no disrespect to Cornell Powell, but I don't think he's been active all season. Like, I know he's in the league, but I don't know if he's – I don't know if he's got a game more in Jersey to send home to Mama. That's all I'm saying. So he got worked against Cornell Powell. Then he gets to the championship game. And between a a waddle on a broke leg and Devontae Smith, they worked him over too. So he went from like a second round pick. So I think he he went like six to the Ravens or something like that. So he lost a lot of money by playing in these games. So it makes sense to me for players to opt out. I don't know why it bothers people so much if they're like, if you got millions of dollars on the line and you feel like this is the best way to maximize, I don't understand why that pisses people off. It don't, it just doesn't make sense to me and it'll never make sense to me. And Herb Street's wrong for that. I know he works for ESPN. I know ESPN owns all the bowls. So he might've, he might've made a bonus check just to come out and say that they might've slid like another 50 G's his way to like, we can give you this little bonus if you go talk about why people shouldn't opt out. And then Joe Tessitore was like, hey, can I get it on that bonus? And did the same thing. I just don't understand it. And I, I don't... To me, it's bullshit that they even saying this shit. Because, I mean, these guys clearly love the sport. They put their body on the line. And they do it for mostly free. I know NIL's a thing, but that's not... It ain't a salary. It's not the same as a salary. So they do it for mostly free, but then now they're going to question whether or not they love it. It's just... It's a ridiculous thing. Nah, man.
1: I Yeah, it was yeah, it was crazy when he, as soon as he said it and then Desmond hopped on and I was like, wow, we really going to do this, but you know, it's, it's what they do It's I feel like it's what a lot of guys in the media like to do. They like to always pounce on the athletes, especially the young ones, the ones that ain't really got nobody, you know, sticking up for them and got their back. You know, we like to always peg, you know, agents and, you know, managers or whatever as the bad guys. But sometimes you need those guys in your corner to give you sound and good advice and a lot of these college guys are getting good advice by missing out on these bowl games and preparing for the next level. You know, that is what's going to, that is their livelihood. That's what's going to get them paid. That's what's going to make their money. That's just what's going to have them set for life. So when you're talking about, you know, millions that are involved, you got to do what's best for you. You know, not everybody comes from a great background where they can, you know, go to a bowl game because of the love of the game. So, I can t- you know t- tell them I got the bowl swag and I went to the we went bowling with my team and we had fun activities that we did and team bonding activities before the bowl game like man don't miss me with all that, man like, and I know that's what they do because they show the video footage of that crap every year. During every bowl game, they show the team together doing this dumb, fun stuff. Like, bowling, you can, take, you can go bowling any day of the week. Like, who cares? Like, all these millions they make off of bowl games and they take them bowling. Like, ooh, here's some pizza, guys. You guys want some pizza and bowling? Like, come on, man. So, it, yeah, man, it's always the dudes on TV making millions, always spewing the guys who don't make millions to go out there and play football for, you know, pennies on the dollar, basically still, and, you know, so I'm always going to be for the guys, you know, doing what's best for them to get this money. And they got to, you No, know, nobody's like, these coaches ain't looking out for them. These coaches are looking out for themselves. You see, they going to the, you know, next place to get the paycheck. And I don't blame the coaches too. I'm not, I'm nothing for them. I'm for everybody going to get this money. So Let's just let's just say keep it what it is, and you know, dudes want to go play in the bowl game for the love and their crew, and you know, play with their boys, albeit you know, like Matt Corral did. You know, good for him. You know, he ended up getting hurt. Hopefully, that's nothing serious. But for Joe Tess during that game to be like oh, you know, kind of going on the Herb streak and being like, oh, look at Matt Corral. He wants to be out here. And y'all, and now my man's hurt. Like, who like, who knows where he might get drafted off of that? Like, who knows what his injury is? Like, yeah, it's negative, but what are some NFL teams like? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's your injury. You know, you just never know. So, I, you know, everybody is for their own opinion on that, but for the players at least, they got to do what's best for them. Nobody is going – I feel like nobody's going to have your back, especially on the collegiate level in college football. you got to do what's best for you. And if you got agents or talent evaluators, whoever it is telling you you're going first round or even high second round, I say skip it, man. You can't risk it. You, you, It's too much money on the line to be risking it.
0: Okay, it kind of made me think of I was in college and I was taking a Spanish course. And I was doing really well in the Spanish course. And my teacher told me, that even if I didn't take the final, I was still going to end up in a, with an A. So I was, A was already wrapped up. So I skipped the final because I'm like, what's the point? Like I came here to get an A. The A is in the bag. There's no point for me to even be here for this final. Like why would I waste my time on that? And no one questioned whether or not I loved school or valued my education or anything like that because they were just like, okay, well I mean it makes sense. So. Applying that to these college kids, like, let's use a Kenny Pickett, you know, he came back for his senior year to improve his draft draft stock. He came out, he broke records for Pitt, you know, he led them to an 11-win 11, 11 season. He was pretty sure he got invited to New York for the Heisman. He went from a guy that was going to be a, you know, maybe mid-round pick to a day-one pick. Like, he's the consensus first QB off the board now. He did that in the regular season. He was able to move his draft stop. There wasn't nothing he was going to do in that bowl game that was going to change that. So at that point, you've already got your A. Why do I need to take the final? And that's just kind of how they see it. And to me, that makes perfect sense to me, and it would apply everywhere else. So I just don't understand why we have such an issue with it when it comes to an athlete, because if we apply the same logic with anything else, we would understand it. But it's just... Really, what it is is just fans being selfish, and because they want to watch the Kenny Picketts play when they don't play, instead of just saying, "Oh man, that sucks," but good luck to Kenny, they want to chastise him and tell him why he should honor the game and all this bullshit because that's what they want them to do. And it's and it just really gets to the point to where you can kind of see how selfish fans are. Like there's people all over talking about if they opt out of the bowl game, then. That semester of tuition should they should have to pay for it? I'm like, okay, so I've been playing all semester, like the whole semester I've been playing. I've set out one game that's technically the next semester, and you gonna take my tuition? Like, here's what's stupid about that is like that semester's already done. Like, this is this is winter break. Like, it, okay, you're gonna take my next semester? I ain't going to school next semester. I just opted out. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out of school. Like, I'm Like, so what semester are you taking? You can't take the one that I already played all them games in that semester. So it's just stupid things and just people mad because they're not in this position to where they're able to just, well, I mean, go make this money. And it's just, it's really bothersome and it just kind of, like I said, speaks to the selfishness of fans and on a larger scale, the selfishness of people. And it's about basically you're not doing right. If you're not making them feel better about themselves in some capacity. And what it is to be right is to make me better and make me feel better and do what's serving for me. And you can't live your life like that. You got to put yourself number one, and that's what these athletes are doing. And if they get some flack doing it, then I mean, they need to stay remain steadfast and do what's best for them, like you said. Because if they get hurt, like a Matt Corral, everybody goes, "Oh man, you hate to see it," but ain't nobody bun- like that's it. All you get is a bunch of prayers for for Matt Corral, and oh, that really sucks. But no one, you don't get to recoup that potential money loss. Like, I mean, whether it's 500,000 or or 5 million, it's a big ass deal. I wish somebody like if I had, if I lost 500,000 right now, I'd be so damn depressed. And he literally could have lost $500,000 easily just from playing in that bowl game that couldn't have made him any money. So I just think people need to move on past it and they can be mad all they want to. Athletes are going to continue to opt out.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jalen Smith, what was he probably going to be? A top 10 pick before he hurt his leg in that bowl game? I mean, prime example right there. Like, if he gets better advice and somebody says, hey, you should probably skip this bowl game, and he skips it, and he goes top 10 instead of, what, late first round or second round? Whenever Jerry, you know, picked him up. I
0: think he went second.
1: Okay, second. Instead of, what, top 10 probably he was going to go beforehand? So. Mm I mean, it, it does happen. Like, you could say, oh, it, it rarely happens, but okay, it happens. Like, it's still a thing. So, you know, like you said, do what's best for you, man. You, you can only make your, your own best decisions. Don't, you know, let nobody force you into that. You got to, you know, you got to get this money if it's there for you.
0: Jalen Smith is a great example because the first-round pick gets, I believe it's a four-year all-guaranteed contract. So... Mm whatever that is, is slotted based on where you're picked. But I think you're looking at like 15 million guaranteed second round. You don't get that. And then now look at Jalen Smith. He's been cut twice this season. And I think now he's on his third team this year. I think he's on the giants probably isn't making like a bag like that. So even though, and even he had a hell of a start to his career. So even though he played really was well his rookie year. And I think his second year as well, he played well. Now he's not making that kind of money, and he ultimately forfeited that kind of security by playing in that bowl game. So, like, this is the examples of things that can happen, to whereas even though he's good enough to make a bunch of money in the NFL, injuries happen. So, it happened in college, happened again in the pros, he slowed down. Dallas cuts him, Green Bay picks him up, they cut him. And now he's making probably league minimum somewhere where he would still be in his guaranteed four year. $15 $15 million contract had he not played in that bowl game. So I get the fact that they're saying that these are ones, twos examples, but these players in particular that we're talking about and that are opting out don't have anything to gain. Like they're already kind of locked in to where they're at. So they they can't, there's no upside to it. So it just doesn't make sense because I mean, we're talking about Matt Corral. Okay. A lot of people know what he is and who he, who he can be. But we don't know the extent of the injury. What if he can't go to the combine, you know, like that's a really big opportunity and resume builder for you to show what you can do live on the field in front of NFL scouts. You might miss that opportunity now because of his injury, even if it's not serious. So it's money, man. Like the difference between going 10 and going 25 may not necessarily affect your whole career but it affects your initial checks. You know what I mean? Like that's a two, $3 million difference. And who the hell am I to scoff at a two, $3 billion difference? So it's just, I don't know. I don't understand how people can tell you that I'm supposed to be honorable and forfeit potentially millions of dollars. Like I'm not that good of a person. I'll tell you that right now. i I feel like I'm a pretty good person, but I ain't forfeiting two to 3 million just because other people might get their feelings hurt. I'm tell you right now, I'm good with my job. Love the people I work with. Someone offered me two, three million and I got to walk out. I'm walking the fuck out. I'm tell you that I'll tell you that right now. I'm out. Sorry. Hope y'all have a good life, but I'm out. So I don't understand how other people blame them, but that's just what people do. Uh, what else did you learn from this week's sports, Nick?
1: I learned that I have to apologize to somebody in the NBA and that somebody is Mr. I'm gonna call him Mr. because. I'm putting respect on his name, Mr. Anthony Edwards. He might actually, you know, love basketball a little bit, as Kirk Herbstree would say, because uh, my man's out here balling. He, he out here hooping, hooping, and, you know, when the early reports of him not really, you know, seemingly like he wasn't interested in basketball, might have been more interested in football. I was a little concerned, but, you know, he out here hooping and doing his thing for the Timberwolves. You know, they, they all right. They're not the, you know, the best team in the league, but he coming along, he he like a big brother to Cat, man. He seemed like he older than Cat, than and he got to, like, you know, have that dude's back. And I'm like, yo, ain't you the younger dude? Like, you just got in the league, like, two seconds ago. But, um, nah, man, I'm just, you know, the young man's hooping. I, you know, I, I give my apologies when I'm wrong. You know, when I'm right, I, I like to gloat, and I'm right. But when I'm wrong, you know, I'm going to tell you I'm wrong, too, and, you know, give you your props. So, Anthony Edwards is definitely balling. Uh, props to him. Seems like he he really enjoys the game too. He's just out there always having fun. Seems like he seemed like he a trash talk, talker. I ain't heard many people say he's a trash talker, but it seemed like he let you know when he cooking on you. So um, I hope he on the Timberwolves and they kind of like the Kings. So I'm pretty sure they won't get their ish together. <laughs> so I, I don't know how good they'll ever be, but Anthony Edwards look like he's good. So you know we'll see what we'll see what happens with. Him and his Timberwolves career, at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of a little concerned as well. I know he had really, I knew he was a really talented kid. I watched him at Georgia, which kind of such a waste of a player being at Georgia for basketball. But, you know, gave him opportunity to shine, show what he can do. Um, yeah, he's, he's a hell of a player. While we're in the apologizing spirit, I'm going to go ahead and make an apology as well. And this is really early in his career. So I'm just going to apologize. off rip. Franz Wagner is way better than I ever thought he was going to be in the league. I thought he was going to be a role player at best, but he's, he's doing his thing, man, out in Orlando. And I always talk about how they draft, it's either the longest dude or a point guard, and he's another dude that was just really long. But I think they found something in, in, in Franz Wagner. He's a, he's doing it all. He looks like he belongs, looks like he's growing confidence. Like, I feel like the more confident he gets the thicker his goatee gets because he came into the league and he didn't have no facial hair and he he dropped 30 and the next thing you know he's got like a like a thick goatee i'm like okay look at you growing up in the league like literally so shout out to him man i was i think that was a wrong eval for me i didn't see it i see it now so i I was gonna just talk some trash about the fact that you were wrong about anthony Edwards, but i figured i'd go the other way and just use this opportunity to also say that i was wrong about franz Wagner, because uh he's doing his thing and I wasn't I wasn't convinced
1: CMTO fans like we 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 like the glow when we write but we don't tell you when we're wrong too like we can't just always tell you when we write like Colin Cowherd we have to you know we got to tell you when we're wrong also so this is me and Jamal letting you guys know we sorry on a couple of things we we missed the mark a little bit
0: yeah we don't do it often because we're not wrong often but when we are, we just we won't let you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We, don't get sorry. used
1: to that, but, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we kind of buried the lead a little bit, given uh, what has happened and transpired in sports today. Um, I know you guys have seen it. If you're listening to this podcast, and you damn sure have seen what happened with Anthony, Antonio Brown, my man walked out on the Buccaneers, Side note, he also walked out on my fantasy team in the championship game. That's okay. We won it without him. Just like just like the Bucs did, we won it without him. You know, we didn't need him. But back to the subject on hand, I learned today that Ant- Antonio Brown is done playing NFL football because there's no way he recovers from this. Uh, what was your takeaway from what you saw in, new, I guess, New Jersey, I guess, technically, but at the Jets
1: stadium? Man, um, one of the craziest things I've ever seen, I guess, during a a game. I'm trying to think like all sports. I can't really remember somebody quit. I mean, what was old boy, Vontae Davis? Didn't he quit like at halftime, I think? uh but we didn't see him like taking off his gear and like leaving we just got the report like my man said i'm done like he's like oh, i'm good i'm just gonna go on home <laughs> and, I'm, and was that on the road too i can't even remember like i don't know if i he think was that was home. a home game was it okay okay thankfully that a that's game. a little bit smarter like my man ab quit on the road which i don't think is smart but whenever you're rich you can get a flight home uh so you're not gonna have that problem but uh yeah, no, it was just bizarre, man. It, but it's A B, so it's like it's one of those things where like if it was somebody else, I would be like, Wow, that's really bizarre but then you told me who the person is, and it's like, Yeah. It's like the Alonzo morning gift. Like who you should get yeah. and then you're like, uh, yeah, I get it. So Yeah, man. Like you said, I don't yeah, he, he ain't making another roster. Like nobody's taking this on unless you're Aaron Rodgers and just want to see how far you can push it with the Packers, I guess. But other than that, I can't see I can't see my man making another team.
0: Yeah, it's, I feel like this is Kevin Porter Jr.'s fault because uh, there was a report that he got mad at a at halftime with I think Coach John Lucas said something to him. He just left and got in his car and went home. I feel like Antonio Brown heard about that and he was like, "Oh shit." Hold my beer, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to do this shit on the road. Like, at least Kevin Porter Jr. went home-home. i home. man said that in the middle of a game on the road. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's sad, man. Like, all jokes aside, like, I'm I'm legitimately concerned about Antonio Brown. I feel like ever since that that uh, Vontaze Perfect hit, like, I know CTE is supposed to be based on repeated hits, and so I don't think that there's any... Uh, data to suggest that you can get instant CTE from one harsh hit. I'm just saying that ever since then, that's when all his issues have happened. Ever since after that, there's been some apparently some teammates that have said they've noticed a difference. Uh, I try not to back on the man. I I don't know his heart. I don't know what he's going through. All I know is all the stuff that's been happening. And I just hope he gets whatever help he needs because, I mean, right now this he's headed down a path to where you're going to read a really unfortunate report here. So, you know what I mean? Like this reminds me kind of the Chris Henry thing, um, the wide receiver out of West Virginia that went to the Bengals. You know, he has some incidents and then next thing you know, it's RIP. You know what I mean? So it really does concern me as far as like how he goes from here, as far as getting help and living a healthy life. Cause I mean, there's athletes that we see periodically, you know, like it's Alante West. Like I said, Chris Henry, um, there's a, there's a few more. I don't know why they're escaping my, my head right now to where it's once they get out of the league, it just starts spiraling. And I'm a little concerned in that light. Um, so I hope he's able to I hope he's, you know, stack some of these chips that he's made over, over the years and he's able to find some peace in whatever he does, because as much as it's, it's kind of fun to poke fun at, and it's crazy, and you never seen it before, there's also that other side of it that's like, you know what I mean, like, what's going on with this man, you know what I mean? Because, like, that's not a normal thing to walk out on millions of dollars because you got mad, you know what I mean? Like, people get mad all the time, like, within football. Like, hell, we just saw a teammate punch at each other, like, on the sidelines, like, we just saw that, and right after they were like, nah, we good. I ain't, ain't no one messing up the bag for this. So to see him just basically walk out forfeit money, allegedly because he was worried about making more money. I don't know if I believe that. Cause there's a, there's a rumor saying that he felt like he was being froze out. He might feel that way, but I don't think that's what was happening. But either way, man, I just hope he's able to find a way to live, live a good life for the rest of it. Cause I don't think he'll be in the limelight for a long time. Cause his NFL career's got to be done.
1: Yeah, no, um thankfully he will. He will be okay. I just speaking that looking at his net worth look on the internet. He'll be all right in that department. Um yeah, I do think he's a little fame hungry. I think hopefully he has a okay time coping with that cuz I do think he likes to be in the limelight. It sucks um that he quit in this uh kind of way because I do think if he could have ended in a good way with Tampa Bay, he could have still had a shot, you know, at Ended up in the Hall of Fame because he is a Hall of Fame quality receiver, but with his antics, I he has no shot now. Like he's not getting in. Like that, he lost all that. I did, like I said, if he'd have finished off right with the Bucks and Brady, I think he could have, you know, maybe salvaged it. But he he didn't throw that away now. So, yeah, man, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what happens with him. But it, it it's not looking too bright, like you said, man hopefully, you know, since he's retired now, he can, you know, have a good life with his endeavors and, you know, maybe make other, you know, more money, but, you know, in other arenas, because it won't be in a football one anymore.
0: Yeah, that's done. That does bring me to my first question of the day, though, Um, because we talk about the effects of CTE. Obviously, we don't know a ton about it, and we can't test it until people have passed away already. So, um, anytime I see something like this, that kind of brings off kind of like the, the beacons of potential CTE behavior kind of makes me wonder and kind of, I always kind of come to the same thought. Um, so I will say it on air here. Uh, how many people like that are non-professional athletes do you think are really like affected by CTE and we'll never know because... CTE has been so synonymous with professional athletes that we don't even consider it with people who didn't go pro. So, and like I said, you can't test for it until they are pass and you would have to request it. I believe I don't think they just perform that on an, on an autopsy without you specifically asking for that. So how many people do you think are like affected by this? And we never really know. And so they become, maybe a villain in their own life. And we have no understanding of what's going on, but it's really just something like CTE and like how far reaching do you think this is?
1: I know. I do think we have quite a bit of people that are walking around like that. And we just, like you said, we just don't know because we're not testing those people. We're only testing, you know, the small amount of guys that go pro. So, and even that's a small amount, but even the rate of them showing that they have CTE is high. So I do think we have a lot of people around that have, you know, been playing football from pop say popcorn or even the high school. Like, you know, that's a lot of years of taking hits. So um, we, like you said, we just don't know. And we may never know who, you know, maybe that's why certain people have, you know, attitude problems or just snap like that, or just, you know, ringing headaches or this or that problems. And it may have been caused through football that, you know, we just never know because we don't even think about it unless, you know, you go pro or or you went D one, like, you don't have to go D1 that maybe gotten, like, several, four or five concussions in your life, you know what I mean? Or even dings that you didn't think were concussions that you just thought were dings because that's what you were taught growing up. Oh, you just, you know, you got your bell rung. You know what I mean? Like, that they tell you all the time, basically, when you're probably in junior high or high school. So, how many of those did you take that you didn't know were actually a concussion? So, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy to think about that, that we don't even think about all those people that didn't even, like, say, play college football, let alone, like, played college football and then didn't go pro, and then now we're just only thinking about all the guys who just went pro and took all those extra, extra hits. So, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that people don't really talk about that part of football much.
0: Yeah, just because I know how rumors get started and things get spread, in no way are we condoning the behaviors of people across the globe because they did something violent and just assuming that they have CTE and that's their excuse. That isn't the point of this conversation. It's just us saying that I would imagine that it's probably way more far reaching than we even realize and understand. And that's kind of a scary thing. And I just hope that soon we're able to get a, a better handle on like how it manifests, how many people it affects being able to treat it before they pass so that we can get a better understanding of this and that and how to help it mitigate it and really know what we're dealing with when it comes to CTE. Cause right now we don't know a ton and I think that can be kind of scary cause it could be, it could be a bigger problem than we even know about just because of how hard it is for us to really trace it and how rare it is for us to even look for it. So that's, that was, that's the thought that comes to my mind. So I wanted to kind of put it on wax to see kind of pick your brain on that next. So. Um, I think you got a couple questions for me. So what questions do you got for me?
1: All right. Um, you know, me through the week, I'm always looking at stuff, seeing what I can ask you crazy or non crazy wise, um, watching the games. I think I actually got these from last week and it kind of transitioned into this week, but same, same. These two QBs in the ASC South, they're two guys that are going to be in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure they're both going to be in the playoffs, but, um, I need to know who you trust more, Tannehill or Wentz. I watch both of them play, and each time I watch them play, I'm just like, Whoo. I, I, I can't, I wouldn't trust these guys as far as I could throw them. And I don't think I can throw either one very far. So who, who you got in this trust race?
0: I mean, if the question is trust, is Tannehill easy? And I think Wentz has more high-end talent. There's nothing about him that says trustworthy. Like, I'll tell you that right now. Nothing about the way he plays is like, I trust that to work. Whereas Tannehill seems to play within himself. Like, he's probably not going to win you a game, but he's also probably not going to lose you a game. You can probably trust that. Like, I don't, I can't recall very many games where Tannehill kind of caused the Titans to lose, so to speak. Like, his poor play was just, like, he didn't have any, like, you know, Rex Grossman type performances or anything like that. To where it's just like, man, if you just had, like, you know, you've seen the studies where it's like, if they would have just spiked the ball, every pass play, they'd have been better off from a statistical standpoint. Like I've seen a couple quarterbacks play games like that. Like statistically, they have been better off if they just like Tannehill doesn't do that type of thing. Whereas I could see Wentz having a night where he does that type of thing. Right. So if we're talking specifically trust, I don't have to think very hard. It's clearly Tannehill for me, even though I understand that Wentz has a higher upside. Like there's no MVP version of Tannehill. Like we saw MVP version, version of Wentz, even though I would argue that's long gone. Um, but from a trust standpoint, Tannehill is the one that's going to be faithful. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) you might have more fun with Wentz. Tannehill's coming home at the end of the night. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, That's, that's the analogy I'll make for that.
1: Wow, whence is a thought. All right, I'm gonna have to remember that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I keep talking about this team every week, and I'm picking on them, and I'm not trying to pick on them. I, th- I think I honestly keep asking the question about this team because they're not far away, and their problem is real. It's real fixable if they just would fix it, and that's the Steelers. And my question is, how do they fix? The QB issue like or is it is it is it draft or like what is it specifically like we now know that big Ben is openly talked about basically tomorrow being his last home game at Heinz Field I don't know if that means either with the Steelers or with you know him playing on another team I don't know what team would even want him but basically it's the end with the Steelers what are they what are they going to do what would you do you're the GM what are you doing
0: so if it's what i'm doing first thing i'm doing is trying to figure out what the package for watson is i know my fan base won't like it but once he starts winning games they'll be fine um so that's the first thing i'm doing once once watson ends up in miami um i call seattle and be like what y'all want for russ and if that doesn't work out really all I, i the biggest thing for them is they need someone who can push the ball down the field And they need somebody who can really make some plays with his feet because their offensive line really isn't that great. So I don't think that's a super high bar uh, because I don't really think they need a great quarterback. They just need better than Ben's watch ass. Um, And they need a a little different style than Ben because, like, obviously, Ben, there was a time when he was a really great quarterback. But, I mean, Father Nature's – I mean, Father Nature. Father Time is undefeated. (laughs) father that's how bad the weather's been in fairbanks i keep thinking about mother nature because she she's been wreaking havoc on this this whole week so you're like <laughs> father nature about...
1: help out somebody help <laughs> yeah. me
0: i'm like S- speak some sense to your wife uh but no uh father time like he, he he gets us all so i mean ben ben is uh completely washed he's he is, he's is done so, really, if they if they get somebody who can... Because, I mean, you think about it, they have really good deep threats in um, Johnson and Claypool. Uh, when Juju comes back, they have, you know, that possession receiver, Najee Harris, um, is a really good running back. But, really, I think Ben stunts them because if you don't have to worry about them taking, like, anybody taking the top off the defense, then you can put eight in the box because you ain't, you ain't worried about that. Like, you can stop Najee. Even if Claypool beats you deep who gonna get it to them, right? So I really think I'm talking a lot. I guess my first thing is Watson and then Russ to see what I can get from there. And after that, like, I think they could really be fine with with the guy in the draft. Like, if you get a Matt Corral or um, even a Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis, like, if you look at their core, the core is pretty young. So it's not like you got to worry about matching windows like the oddball has been cause he's the old one. Uh, but Johnson isn't old. Claypool's not old. Juju's not old. Najee's a rookie. So you could build around a rookie quarterback, but like you said, I think they are so close that I would try to get a veteran that's established cause I think they can win now. Um, but if that doesn't work out, I would probably just try to draft a quarterback and extend the window, right? Like, I don't think they would win a championship. Immediately, if they got a young quarterback, but I think that extends the window and buys them more time to uh, maybe build a better offensive line and, and win
1: that way. So, kind of off of the question, I got like a one B question for you. Every I know, every <laughs> I know, everybody knows that I'm the Mr. Blow it Up guy, and and I want to ask you, you know, this question. And I'm not ask, I'm not saying a blow up, maybe like a minor, you know, demolition job, like a little minor blow up. Would you maybe consider trading Watt to get extra picks in this draft? Just be, And I'm only saying that just because he's not, I'm not saying he's not still good. I know he's very good, but we know Watt's, they don't get healthier. And it seems like he's starting to pile up some injuries. And if you can, you know, Bill Belichick this and, you know, sell while high, would you maybe consider that if you're the Steelers or you just, like you said, you, you think you're quarterback away. To me, this is more of a move if you don't get an established QB. If you have to go through the draft and get a younger guy, that's still going to probably take a few years to kind of get it rolling, I would say, unless you maybe hit on, like, somebody ended up being a Burrow or a Herbert type, then you're probably going to be, you know, a little bit further down the line with your core. Do you consider that, or do you just say, no, we just hold on to Watt and just, you know, kind of see where it goes from there?
0: I mean, everybody got price, right? Like, I mean, I'll consider it with the right price. But I think in general, I probably hold on to them because I think, let's say you do have to go the rookie route, one of the best ways to alleviate some of the pressure off a rookie quarterback is having a good defense, whereas you don't have to go score thirty-five to win, you know. And <laughs> if there's anything the Steelers have proven this year is they don't have to score thirty-five to win; they score twenty, they score twenty every week. Sometimes it's good enough, sometimes it's not, but Um, I think having that security, um, really helps a rookie quarterback in their development to know like, Hey, I don't have to be a superhero, you know, the same college no more. I don't have to carry my team. I can just make the right play and be fine. I think you can build confidence that way in a quarterback. Seeing some success, I think is really helpful and really crucial. So I probably wouldn't trade Watt, but I'd listen. You know what I mean? Like somebody blows me away with an offer, then sure. Why not? I mean, nobody... Like they said, talk about players being untouchable. Like that's not really true. It's just nobody's gonna offer me what it would take for me to say yeah. It's really what they're saying. So if somebody decided that they really wanted TJ Watt, and like somebody wants to make a Rams type decision where they trade their whole farm system and all their wives have to go with you, and they because they would be getting rid of everything to get to get their Super Bowl run. So if somebody wanted to do something like that, then you know, I mean, I'll entertain it, but. I don't think I'd be calling to asking people if they want what I, I might just accept phone calls to talk about it.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, next one. This this one's a little closer to my heart because it's involving my team, but I, need to, I feel like I need an outside perspective on this one. Is it time for the Cowboys to bench Zeke? So bench Zeke?
0: No, I don't think the problems they have are Zeke's fault. I think they can be a little predictable with their sub packages. Like, I think when Zeke's in the game, they're more inclined to run between the tackles. And so I think people kind of gear up for that. And then when Pollard's in the game, they're more inclined to pass. So when they do pop a run in there with Pollard, I feel like he's usually doing it with seven, and six in the box, a light box. Um, and he's got, don't get me wrong, he's a very good player. So he's able to kind of take advantage of that. But I think if they have some more tendency breakers, and they did some more things a little differently. Um, I think that would make it easier for Zeke. Now, if you ask me, is it time for them to move on from Zeke after the season? Probably. I don't see any reason to pay him what they pay him. But as long as he's on your roster, I still think he's a very good running back. And so I see no reason to bench him.
1: Yeah, no, I just, you know, watching the last couple of weeks, not even last couple of weeks, mainly like this season, really kind of last season, he just seems like, there's really no burst there in his game, and it seems like Pollard's the better all-around back at this time. And even if, like you said, I, I agree with you, I think more than likely they probably will move on from him after this season and kind of go with Pollard and another back. I'm sure they'll probably draft somebody or sign somebody and stick with a you know, two-back system that's you know fairly popular in the league right now for the most part. Uh, and I think they're probably going to go that route. I mean, my guy right now is playing with the Phillip Rivers knee brace on. I mean, come on now, like, what do we expect them to do at running back with that on? So, I like you said, he's not the he's not the main problem, but I do think he's not helping when they're he's starting still and getting most of the carries. And on the times that he's running the ball, they're like two yard gains. For the most part, and like I honestly can't remember the last time I've seen him break a tackle. Like it's probably been a year and a half since I've seen him break a tackle. Honestly, yeah, you're like tripping. no dog, no, 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 come on, man, watch it. Like I'm not even like bullshit. Like he can't juke nobody. He can't break no tackle. Like you're running back, you can't break a tackle. Like
0: I swear I saw him break a tackle last week against Washington. Explain to us tackle just last
1: week. I mean, the here's my thing: that- is
0: like. I- <laughs> I look at them, and I'm like, I don't see much difference between Zeke and Pollard and Edmonds and Connor. Like, I feel like it's the same dynamic. Like, you have a guy that's better on the goal line, has kind of a nose for the end zone, uh, can catch out of the backfield, but he's definitely the bigger, more powerful back. And then you have a guy that's faster, obviously a better better out the backfield, has more, has more pop, but... Maybe isn't as good around the goal line, like I feel like that's the same one two punch, but we're not there's a very different narrative for the one two punch in Arizona, and I think that's more just from an expectation standpoint. I think we have this conversation because when we think of Zeke, we think of you know rookie year Zeke, and at least right now he's not that guy, but I think from a production standpoint it's not all entirely that different than what you have in Arizona, and that's one of the best one-two punches in the league, so um, for me, if you're looking for issues with Dallas, I would look elsewhere, and I think it's I think it's Dak. I think Dak, not like that he's playing poorly, per se, because I think Dak's playing well. I just think he seems really gun-shy to take the deep shot, and I think that kind of limits their offense, because what makes them dangerous is, I mean, you get any of their three receive well, I guess two now because Gallup's towards ACL. But one on one, that deep shot, that's scary. So you 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 keep the safeties back. You know you play them the same way people have been playing the uh, the Chiefs with the two high safeties, and that makes it easier for for Zeke to run because they're keeping those two high safeties. But if Dak's not going to take those chances and, and shoot his shot down the field, then I don't. I can have a single high safety, which makes it harder to run. So. I'm not saying it's Dak with respect to him playing poorly, but I think he needs to take more shots. I think that will help open up the
1: front game. Yeah, and no, I, I agree. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, he he says he's getting healthier by the week. I It seems like the knee brace is getting bigger by the week, so I don't know how I'm supposed to believe that, <laughs> but it, it, it's turned into like uh, I've never seen the episode, but I've seen like the clip, and it's like it's on friends, and I think it's Joey or Chandler, and they put on, like, every shirt that the person has, and they just look huge. And, they have, like, that's what Zeke's going to be. Like, by the time they get in the playoffs, it's going to look like he's got on uh, four knee braces on his D trying to play running back. So we'll see how he ends up looking here soon. But, man, I ain't got much faith in that.
0: Have you seen those things on Twitter where it's, like, for every 100 retweets will make his shirt look bigger or will make his <laughs> pants bigger or something like that? I like guess that's, that's what you say is happening to Zeke right now. Like they keep retweeting so he's getting the bigger D
1: phrase? Yeah. Yeah, basically. That's exactly so what you So you're I'm like, stop
0: think. retweeting. Like you yeah, need to go it. the other way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um another question kind of from earlier talking about the um college football. Do you want to watch this rematch? Like, I don't personally. I I think I know your answer, but w- what are you thinking?
0: I mean yes, yeah, the national championship game. So, first for context, college football is my favorite sport to watch. This is the last one, right? Yeah, I'm gonna watch the last college football game of the year. Cause as soon as I think that game's on January 10th, as soon as January 11th rolls around, I'm gonna be missing college football. Cause I love college football. So, yeah, I'm gonna watch it, and I want to watch it. I think it'll be a better game. That game, I think Mechie not being there will matter. I still have Bama, don't get me wrong. But I'm still going to watch it. I want to see if George Pickens can get back healthy. I think it'll be a very big game for him. It's like the opposite of opt-out. He's been missing all year. This will be a great opportunity for him to kind of solidify himself as one of the best receivers in this draft. They've been kind of handling him with kid gloves. So I'm, I'm kind of curious if they're doing that. The championship game on their mind. I don't think they looked at Mich- like I'm gonna just be real with you. I don't think they looked at Michigan as a threat, so I think that's why they didn't play Pickens because he played he played more in the conference championship against Alabama than he did a month later in the semifinal against Michigan, and that's coming off an ACL. You would thought the month of rest would have gave him more playing time, but I think they were like we don't need you for michigan we good you just <laughs> you just keep healing and we'll see you in the championship game so there's some matchups i want to see some player evals cuz you know me like i'm i'm already evaluating players and after the season ends i'm going to already have a list of my top 10s in each position like this is you know it's starting to rev up to my time of the year with this draft talk so yeah i want to see it's another it's another eval point it's the last college football game I think it'll be a good game, so I'm, I'm locked in. All right, I got a question for you. You've been asking me a couple questions. Let me ask you a question. So all year has pretty much just been Bama, Georgia, Bama, Georgia, Georgia, Bama. Ohio State for a second. Michigan ruined that for all of us, and so Bama, Georgia. So outside of the obvious, which I would say Ohio State is the obvious, what non-playoff team do you think can make the playoffs next season? Ooh. this is for college football obviously yeah yeah
1: okay well I'm gonna go it's gonna be a team from Texas but not the one you guys think I would pick I'm gonna go with Texas A&M they seem to have been stacking up five star recruits since Jimbo basically got there you know they didn't have really the quarterback that they were planning on having this year they've also got other guys coming in they've you know they were a pretty good you know decent team this year I you know, Jimbo's won a ship already. I think he's starting to kind of get the players in there that he wants. And, you know, they, we'll see. You know, I think that's the team that can make a run at it. I think it's obviously probably going to end up being an SEC team because that seems to only be the teams that win anyway. And, um, yeah, I could maybe Georgia takes a step back you know a minor step back you know and a, another sec team other than alabama creeps in for a hot minute because it seems like it's a, another team all the time rotating in it's a lsu it's a georgia it's maybe say Ole miss here soon maybe come in like a texas a and m like it seems like other teams beside alabama just roll you know roll through the other side to face them in the championship game and in the playoffs so I'm going to go with A&M just because of the talent they've been stacking up here the last couple of years.
0: Man, that was my pick because, you know, like, I look at Ohio State, like that's obvious. If I'm honest, I think Ohio State, in my mind, and you know how they do those way too early rankings, they'd probably be number one in my book. Like if I was going to pick a number one for the next year, I'd probably pick Ohio State. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to regret it, Earlier in the episode, we admitted that we were wrong. This will probably be me a year from now admitting I'm wrong again, but I think Bama takes a step back next year. I really do. And I say that now with the caveat that I have not seen the, the transfer portal happen, so I don't know what's going to happen in the transfer portal. So let me be clear if they get some sort of mega, mega transfer like they did last year, I will rescind my statement, but. I look at their receivers specifically, and I look at how important Mechie and Jamison Williams was to that team. And they're both going to be gone. And I don't see that. Like, we watched that Ohio State game. We were talking about it. Okay, Garrett Wilson and Olave are one and two. We just watched Jackson Smith and Jigba go for 300 and I don't know how many yards. They're going to be fine at receiver next year. We just watched Marvin Harrison Jr. go for three touchdowns in that same game. Like, we've seen who's up next, even though in the case of JSN, he's, he's, he's got now and next because he was already doing this all year, but we've seen who's got next and we've already seen that they have a chance to be special. Whereas I liked Corey Brooks. Um, I've seen a little bit of the Siobhan Baker kid, and I know they're really talented kids, but it don't look the same. Like it, it don't pop like that. Like maybe they have a big championship game and I'll change my mind, but I didn't, I didn't see enough to where's I don't have some concern. I saw their run game when Brian Robinson jr. Wasn't in the game and I saw it with him, and it looked different. Like Brian Robinson jr. Is a grown ass man and he just bullies people and he runs through them. Right? So they are losing a lot. Now, Bryce Young is still going to be there, so that's definitely helpful. Um, they do lose off the defense as well. The defense has shown, you know, some some holes every now and then. They're losing. They're going to lose Job at corner. Um, I'm sure there's some other dudes that are going to go pro that upset my mind, but I think Bama takes a small step back again, not a big one. Small step back, which allows for Texas A&M to have that opportunity because it's hard for anybody to make the playoffs in the sec West. If you're not going to beat Bama, I think Texas A&M has a chance to do that. Cause I like Devin Achain. I'm telling you right now, I told y'all before the season about Bajan Robinson, how special that dude is. Devin Otchain is fucking special. I don't like remember the name that way next year when he's running through people, you can sound smart because you listen to the MTO podcast and he told you about him a year ago. You can be the hipster when it comes to Devin O'Chain. Like, I was I was on him before everybody it was cool. Yeah, like, that. I'm telling you right now. The dude's phenomenal. And he's the second-best running back on that team. But they're getting quarterback help, so they'll be better there. They got some five-star wide receivers. I like Texas A&M as another option. Otherwise, I would go out west, maybe USC, even though I probably think they're probably a year or two away. I know Lincoln Bradley's going to have them right, but I'm not sure if year one he's going to have them as a playoff contender. If I had to pick one that's not Ohio State, it'd be Texas A&M. If I had to pick two, it'd be A&M and USC.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing about USC is they just got to kind of win the Pac-12 and probably could get in. So, I mean, he really ain't got to get them right, right, to sneak into the playoff, quite honestly, just because, you know, I mean... Let's be real. They want the West Coast viewership. So if UST is close, they're going to put them in. So, yeah.
0: Uh, My big thing is, like, they have a ton of talent. They just couldn't get them there. And I think as good as an OC as Lincoln Riley is, he's going to put that talent in the position to be successful. And so they could really do that year one. Like, I really think that they have that kind of potential. But... USC being the thing is, is like USC is kind of known to have that, that oh shit loss that like shouldn't have happened. And then Lincoln Riley's also kind of known for that, even at Oklahoma. So I'm like, you marry the two together, you're kind of guaranteeing that one loss. that's just like, how the hell did they lose that game? So that's my concern
1: there is because they both do that independently. Yeah. Yeah, that's just USC. They always, that's been them. They always do it. It is always like, it's an Oregon State when, like, Oregon State isn't good. Like, it's always teams like that that get them. It's like,
0: if you got a redhead daddy and a redhead (laughs) mama, I'm going to guess that that kid's going to be redheaded. Like, so that's the way I look at it with with this. If you're marrying USC and Lincoln Riley, you're going to have a what-the-fuck kind of loss because that's just what both of them do independently. So all right so i think that's all the questions we had um i'll let you start nick well what's on your mind
1: okay so this this came across my mind Oh man I i think it was pretty sure earlier in the week and it was from a podcast that uh i heard on twitter or a clip from a podcast and it was with cat williams talking about triple doubles and i believe him and whoever was uh did Talk.
0: you call my man Cat Williams? Oh my Yeah,
1: I did call him Cat Williams. I didn't even think about that. My <laughs> man, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm mixed people. He's a comedian and he plays basketball. Leave me alone, all right? It's late. We, it's a little later than usual, people, that we record this podcast. I don't know if y'all know that, so I'm a little, you know, woozy here at the moment at 2 A or 1 a.m. But anyway, Carl Anthony Towns was doing a podcast talking about triple doubles. And then Draymond had commented on Carl Anthony Towns and saying something about he was stat padding or trying to get stats late in the game when the Warriors were up. And before I keep going, I feel like Draymond's probably cherry picking or from like a game when he was probably a rookie and the Warriors were really good. I feel like that's when Draymond Green is talking about. So he went in on Cat though for a minute about him talking about that. And I started thinking about Draymond. I'm like, you know, we allow him to talk a lot, but from aspect of where he is on the team in his game, like, if we're thinking about like the Jackson five, like, he's Tito and we allow him to talk like he's Mike. So I'm just a little I'm just trying to figure out like why we allow this. And like I know he's got rings and I know he's got like a defensive, you know, player of the year which not quite sure he'd have won if he's not on that team but you know neither here nor there but like we allow him to talk a lot for you know him basically having like the big brothers to back him up all the time so I'm just trying to figure out like is that is it fair is it like is it foul like should we get on him more or like because nobody ever seems to tell him like yo man maybe shut up sometimes like you were kind of born on third base from this basketball perspective by getting drafted by the Warriors who happened to get lucky by getting Steph Curry, who fell far because of whatever reason, and then Klay Thompson. And then, you know, them firing Mark Jackson because Steve Curry decided, I guess I'll play you too. So how do you feel about Draymond and how he, you know, runs his mouth a lot of the time?
0: I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. It just seems like a dude that speaks his mind. I mean, he's obviously talking about Cat, but I think he's more trying to come to the defense of Russell Westbrook than he is really trying to denigrate Carl Anthony Towns, so I mean he talks a lot. But, I mean he gives us some sound bites. Like I have a coworker named Rodney and now I can't say it any way other than the way he said Rodney McGruner's name. So <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> like so I always say it like that just because of that. I don't know. I think it's I think there's room for that in the league. I think there's space for it. Um I think the way he plays kind of gives him that latitude to be a talker. Um, because he's so defensive-minded, because he's a basketball tough guy, so to speak. I don't know his personal life. I don't know if tough in real life. Probably is, but I don't know him like that. I would imagine so if I was going, if I was a betting man. But I don't know. You know, he plays hard. He does the dirty work. That's generally the person that we allow to talk a little bit. Is the guy that's kind of going out there busting his ass, doing things that not everybody wants to do. And so, since that's the way he plays, I think we give him that latitude they don't he does talk a lot and he does I don't. i guess the thing is that most things he says i kind of generally agree with i'm not sure how i feel about this whole carl anthony towns part but usually when he speaks and he's talking his shit, i'm like yeah i, I can co-sign that so maybe that's why i let him talk is because a lot of times i'm like i think you wanted something there so i don't know i don't have a problem i don't generally have a problem with people talking specifically because Usually, he's talking in defense of NBA players um, in general, <laughs> unless it's Rodney Magruder. He, he wasn't defending him. And I'm usually on the side of the players, so I kind of just let him talk. I do think that kind of advances his legacy, because I think in a lot of ways, his, his mouth mixed with his rings kind of elevates his resume as a basketball player probably farther than his actual game does. And I don't mean that in a negative way because I think he's a really good player, but he gets in the hall of fame conversation a lot. And I'm like, I'm not sure what he does on the court really rises to hall of fame level. I mean, like it took Chris Weber a long time to even get this hall of fame. And that's not the same strategy for your basketball player. So, um, to your point, I do think the way he talks does kind of amplify his status as a basketball player but in general, I don't have an issue with him. I, I, I like, I like Draymond green. I don't mind him talking. I, I find him funny generally. So I'm good with it.
1: Okay. I, I was just wondering, cause I was like, man, my man do a lot of talking for not really being the lead vocalist. Like he not even like the, the drummer, like who's really nice in the background. Like he, the third, he like, uh, dang, I don't know the Beatles real well, but who's my man. Who's the third dude, like not Paul, not, um, Lennon, but who's the third, is it Ringo Starr, I think? Who's the dude we kind of know I, because there's a fourth dude that Ringo nobody talks Star about.
0: Ringo Starr is in the Beatles. I don't know if that's who you're referring to right now because I don't know the Beatles like that, but yes, I do know that's who he is, is a Beatle.
1: Yes, he is Ringo Starr. Like, yeah, you're a Beatle, but like, you ain't you ain't Lennon and you ain't McCartney, bull. <laughs> like, so chill that shit out.
0: <laughs> I... I He's Ringo Star. I'm going to remember that. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to brush up on my Beatles uh, knowledge so that I can... Uh... Yeah, he's Ringo. All right. I'm good with that. So the only thing that's on my mind before we get to bring it home, and like you said, I, I follow college sports, specifically football, very closely. And tis the season for people to transfer. The transfer portal is live. Um, personally, I'm all for it. But I'm just starting to get a little frustrated, or I guess I lose empathy for the guy who's five-star went to the biggest scholarship offer he had, right? Got recruited over or, or just outplayed, decides to transfer, by all means, go transfer. And then he does the shit again and goes to the biggest offer he has and then doesn't play again. And it's just, you see it all over college football and college basketball year in a year out where they just pick the pre- like whatever school is kind of presumed to be the biggest they just go to the biggest offer they have and then they never play because they're not the only ones with that idea but they just so happen to be not as good at the sport and it just gets so frustrating and I know a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm a Gen Tech fan and a lot of these uber talented kids could come in and be a star and be beloved and probably get a statue, but instead they go to Duke for basketball and never get heard of again, or they go to Alabama and end up being the fourth string quarterback or whatever. And it's just so frustrating to me that they do it to themselves. Cause really like we were just talking about opting out as a way to protect the bag and find a way to get millions on the line these college decisions also can kind of play to getting millions because as much as the NFL will find you, if, if you've got talent, you have to be on the field. They ain't finding you at practice. They're finding you in the game. So you got to put yourself in a position to where you're going to be able to show what you can do and potentially make this money. And a lot of kids just, I don't know. It's like they forget what the goal is and okay. You got some nice swag because you went to, you know, you went to, uh, Michigan and they got the Jumpman logos now, so you got some some blue and maize Jordans, but could have had them league checks instead. You, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm losing sympathy for it,
1: and it's just frustrating me. It's definitely hustling backwards, and we always talk about that. You never want to do that, so
0: never want to hustle backwards. So, all right, let's go ahead and bring it home. Like you said, it's late. I'm out here hogging the room. My wife wants to go to bed, but I'm in the way. So let's go ahead and get this, bring it home done. Um, I know this was your idea, so I'm going to let you introduce it to us.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're going to kind of go back to the A-B situation, you know. Um, He pretty much, you know, quit on his job mid-shift. And I want to know, what's your best seeing somebody quit mid-shift at a job? Like, what have you ever seen anybody anything crazy happen like um what's the scene from uh what is it half bake where my man's working at like burger king basically and he's like f you f you f you you're cool f you like <laughs> that's basically what antonio brown did today like is <laughs> exactly what he did so
0: i don't have any stories where someone quit in that capacity but i, I do have a it's funny now, but it wasn't necessarily at the time, but someone getting fired, uh, we had to do that worked with that was kind of on his last straw for months. He was, he was riding out that like people was just looking for a reason. You know, like you have that employee that's like, he messed up one more time. He up out of there. He finally got fired and I can tell you the exact day. He got fired on August 8th, 2017. I can tell you that. Cause that's the day that my son was born. That's why I can remember that. So my son was born and not 20 minutes later, do I get a phone call from my man? He calls me He's like, Hey, you got time to talk? And I'm like, no, not really. I mean, my son was just born. I'm holding him for the first time ever. Uh, not really good time to talk, especially about work. And he's like, man, I just got fired and I'm like, Oh. All right, well, we'll talk about that later because my son was just born. I just, (laughs) he just starts going off. My man got fired for the dumbest thing ever. Like, he, we had a product that was reserved for a customer. It had had a sticker on it, like, reserved for X person. My man took it off and sold it to somebody else, right? We go back, we're like, hey, where's this at? Or not me, I was at the hospital. But they go back, <laughs> they're like, well, where's this product? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, you didn't sell it. And he's like, nah, I was like, we know you just sold one just seconds ago, we watched you. The reason why we reserved this is because it's the only one we had. You telling me that's not the same one? He's like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, places have cameras, right? So we <laughs> check the cameras. Sure enough, he does exactly, he pulls it, that like said, that was the last draw. He's about out the paint, so he's mad. Feels like he's unjustly fired for this reason. And then so he's like, "I'm I'm gonna get the boss. I got some dirt on the boss. I'm going like, he's gonna go down with me." So what he has, oh, a picture of the safe being open, because you're not supposed to leave the safe open. It's a, it's a code of conduct issue. Like an employee has to be there when the safe is open. So he has that picture and he sends it to HR. HR goes, how did you get this picture? He goes, I took it. So HR goes, were you an employee at the time? He says, yes. And and HR goes, well, then the safe wasn't unattended because you as an employee were there watching the safe. (laughs) So His whole mastermind to get somebody fired, he got himself in the way because he was the employee watching the safe, and uh, that was just when he told me all that. I was I was dying laughing, but that's my only fire story. I don't have a quit story, but that's that's the funniest fire story because he was really he really thought he was going to get the boss fired, but because he was the employee there, there was no violation. And I'm just like, how stupid are you?
1: Yeah, um, mine is actually kind of short and sweet, like Antonio Brown's quitting story, because (laughs) I'm not going to say the place because I'm still currently employed there, but it's in an airport. And uh, let's just say one of the employees one day was fed up with whatever situation was going on. My man let off a couple of F-bombs, like I said, half-baked style in the establishment. And then while leaving the establishment in the airport in like, like in the foyer in you know in the airport a lot around a lot of people he said f my current employer basically out loud really loud to where everybody in the airport is looking around now and now security is following you out to make sure that nothing else goes wrong so that was a uh, that was pretty antonio brownish i mean he he if, all he needed to do was take off his shirt and he was basically on that level so I mean, I, that was pretty crazy, especially in an airport where they take everything seriously. If you start yelling, like, you get, you raise your voice a little bit, and they're like, sir, what did you say? So, uh, he, <laughs> he, yeah, he was, he was, <laughs> it was on high alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't like it when you get a little rowdy in there, so it was, that was definitely pretty crazy, and I hadn't really seen nothing like that before, especially in a place like that, so it, it, it was it was out there
0: that's funny that's 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 clowning all right guys well uh i think it's time for both of us to probably head to bed so i appreciate you guys listening um hope you guys had a great new year great christmas great holiday um and i hope your 2022 is off to a great start and we will talk to you guys next week Thanks for listening to the Media Timeout Podcast. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MTO Sports and visit our website, mediatimeoutsports.com for more content.